turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800 516 1220. So call in, we'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. One of my goals on the show is to get you to retirement with enough money that you have a nice retirement. I pledge that if you listen, I will do my very, very, very best to give you content that'll help you achieve those goals. I want you to have a good lifestyle. I don't necessarily want you to have a crushing lifestyle now because knowing now what I didn't know when I was in my 20s, I, I wish I knew. I was dating a girl named Judy out of college. She was amazing, she was beautiful, she was innocent, she was lovely. And uh, I tried too hard. You know, I, I spent too much, went to New York, went to Miami. Didn't have to do that. You're 20. You've got incredibly young bodies that can do incredibly magical things. Um, she was an artist. I was an artist. I like to draw. Uh, one of our best dates ever was drawing each other uh, in the buff. It was kind of sexy. It was kind of romantic. Um, kind of Titanic. I don't want to get too far into that, but uh, I had never had a model, and to work with that, that was fun. And like, I spent too much money. See, what I'm trying to get at here is, all she wanted to do was eat corn chips, sit on the couch, and hang out with me. And I tried too hard. I played the game a little bit too fast, and I took away some of my future retirement money because of it. Um, with that said, I could say things like. Maybe in your 20s, maybe you're not throwing too much money into romance. You know, money doesn't lead to love. Um, maybe you're throwing too much money into alcohol. And I'll tell you, that's going to lead to a bad age 60 to 100. Uh, chronic drinking, not a good thing. It does insidious damage to the brain. It's some of the weird investment advice that I can give is brush your teeth, yes, but even more importantly, floss your teeth. Most Americans brush their teeth, right? I don't think most Americans floss as often as we think we do. And I've got floss in my car, and it's disgusting. Um, but I floss when I'm, you know, at a stoplight or something. Uh, any chance I get, it's 
it's disgusting, I know, but I want my teeth in retirement. Go talk to someone how much a tooth costs if you lose one and you want a replacement. Now, you could look like that guy on the news who's missing four teeth. I don't want to be that person. That's not my idea of retirement, to be toothless and gumming my food. So I go to the dentist twice a year, sometimes three times a year for cleaning. I don't care. It's a small amount of money for me to have that peace of mind that I'm not going to spend $6,000 to get a tooth replacement in retirement. But like chronic drinking is another one that as we get older, we all lose a little gray matter volume and white matter, white matter integrity. In alcoholics, those areas break down a lot quicker and it accelerates aging. So long-term alcohol abuse also changes how the brain regulates emotion and anxiety and disrupts sleep systems, creating wide-ranging effects on the body. So cut down on your drinking. What I'm trying to say is get healthy. Especially if you're not wealthy, get healthy. Because it costs a lot of money not to be healthy. Um, and, and you don't need that. So I think you're on this planet once. And hopefully you don't come back as a cow because that wouldn't be fun. Trying to always stand by the end of the pasture so that you don't get slaughtered. Um... I know, I know, I probably just offended somebody. I'm sorry. So some unexpected medical costs are going to hit you out of the pocket in retirement. And I have on CFP Chad Burton on a regular basis, and we talk about these issues. And most people don't budget for the unexpected. You know, when you're age 20 to 50, I think you should have two to six months of uh, savings and income, income replacement. So if you lose your job, you can... Dip into that versus dip into your 401k. Um, you never want to dip into your 401k. Retirees can expect housing to represent about a third of their expenses in retirement. Health care, 10 to 15 percent. Transportation, 15 percent. Food, 12 percent. And apparel insurance and other discretionary expenses make up the rest. But it's that unexpected surgery or hospitalization or nursing home care. 2015 was the year that I put my mother in a home, and it ain't cheap. It's probably about $84,000 a year, um, and I think that's a pretty good deal, all things considered. Her health went way up because suddenly someone was monitoring her drug intake, making sure that it was done correctly. Um, there's also going to be... Unexpected costs and hits to people as they age. And my mom's only went into a home because she fell in her own home two or three times. And had social services come, they would have said, you know, Rob Black and your brothers, you need to get, you know, take care of her better. Or we'll do it for you. So we did it. Um, we tried to let it be on her terms as much as possible, but we did it. Retirees with grown children could run into some ugly scenarios, grown children and grandchildren. Um, some people are going to need help cover their medical expenses. And, you know, I've already seen, and this was despicable to me, I've seen a family member show up at their parents' house and they brought a brochure and they're like, look where my son... We wish he could go to this school, but we don't have the money for it. But we wish he could go to school... Just ask for the money. Quit playing games. Um, change your lifestyle. 
So those grandparents are going to cough up money that they don't really, they sh- really shouldn't be spending. Um, they may still have another 10, 20 years left, and they're, neither are working, and they're, they're spending through their inheritances pretty quickly um, because a grandchild needs to go to a special school. Uh, I don't want that. I want people to take care of themselves until the final few years, and then you can start dispersing your wealth. There's going to be infrequent expenses as you age. Home repairs, car replacements. My car has so many miles on it now that I'm waiting for, like, the excuse to get a new one. Or a slightly used two-year-old. But I'm wealthy because I extend the life of my vehicle versus going, oh, I need a new one. Uh, I'm not impulsive. And that's kind of... I'm impulsive in love. I'm not impulsive in car buying decisions. And uh, I think because that I'm a little bit better off. Uh, don't forget, as you age, you're still going to owe Uncle Sam. And that can be a cost that catch people off guard in retirement. A lot of people use that so-called 4% rule, which may lead you to believe that you can withdraw $4,000 per year for every 100000 However, if that saving is in a traditional IRA or 401k, you have to pay taxes on that, so that 4000 becomes 3000 or less. The true cost of retirement is not set in stone, and that's one of the more frustrating things about it. And we all differ like golden clay. My spending habits are very different than yours. I'm just trying to get us all to retirement, doing the best I can. You listen, I'll do the best I can to, to bring up content that makes sense to you, like talking about my mom and how much her costs are. I'll be honest with you. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing more. You can find more about me at robblack.com. More about Chad Burton and New Focus at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in, Rob Black and Your Money. I really liked the song when it first came out. And I kind of hate it now. Only because it's gotten into car commercials. And I guess that's how you get a big hit now. If you're an indie band, you want that car commercial or you want that commercial of young millennials uh, enjoying the good life with your product, uh, with advertisers' product, but to your music. You want to be the theme song of people's lives. Um, Global recession of 2016, yes or no? I don't know. A lot of it's going to depend on oil. We heard a lot in 2015 about China and how their economy was doing and how they were going to throw a lot of money into supporting it. It didn't feel that way. 
China seems to sometimes have these political decisions tied towards their economy, which is kind of financial engineering. And sometimes they're counter-stimulatory. Um, China has a problem with real estate, and it needs to play out. There's no amount of financial engineering that you can do to fix problems. The United States, back in 2006, we were doing stupid things like giving loans to people without income verification. And on top of that, we were then taking those loans and selling them to, putting them in a bundle of 10 loans, 100 loans, and selling them to investors saying, yeah, these are all good loans. Not smart. Now, the housing bubble, you know, it's starting to let some of the air out in China. In the United States, it took two to three really good years of pain. And we've come out of it smarter. It's a little bit tougher to get a loan now. That's a good thing. That'll shift. In the next 10, 20 years, we'll make the same mistakes we've made in the past. We've done it every 10 to 20 year period in the United States. We'll do it again. It'll be an opportunity in the future. So I'm not panicked by 2016 in the forecast. I'm going to deal with what I can deal with. I'm, I can't go out there and tell the IMF, I really think you should do this. I can't. I can't tell France how to respond to terrorism. I can't. I can tell you that the U.S. economy seems to be doing fairly well. And that's where I start my investment theme for 2016. And then you build in some recession scenarios, and you build in some better-than-expected growth scenarios. One area that I find fascinating is oil. Oil got clobbered in 2015. Interesting to note that Wall Street has this thing that there's different ways of looking at it. Um, There's small-cap companies, there's mid-cap companies, there's large-cap companies, there's commodities, there's foreign exchange, i.e. money. Um, There's bonds, international stocks, uh, really tiny emerging markets. And they all work over time. They all have some sort of exposure to capitalism. Some of them, I think, are more trading vehicles than others. Um, Oil at 30 seems to have, to me, less downside and more upside. Oil at 150 seems to me have more downside than upside. Uh, Commodities can be kind of stuck in a trading range. But take a look at the NASDAQ, take a look at the Russell 2000, 3000, the Wilshire 5000. Take a look at you know, the Dow Jones Industrial Average, take a look at the S&P 500. Most of these indices have hit all-time highs in the last 6 to 12 months. All-time highs. So it's not like we had a bad 2015, but one area that underperformed was oil. So that has me fascinated because... I don't want to be buying at all-time highs. Now, again, I will accumulate some S&P 500. I will accumulate some Russell 2000. I will accumulate some mid-cap stocks this year. There's no doubt about it. But my idea is a little bit different. So, uh, 2016, I don't think it's going to be like this uh, glorious year for oil. A lot of people think oil is kind of a 2020 play. So, that's where you start building your investment case. You don't instantly charge in and say, uh, I think, I think um, 
oil is going to be the big winner of 2016. If you've got a Magic 8-Ball that works, good for you. Uh, most people don't. If you've got a crystal ball that works, great. Good for you. So, anyhow, on anyway, I am digressing ever so slightly. Um, consumer staples. If you don't have a clue what consumer staples are or consumer discretionary, if some of the terms I use kind of freak you out at times, you should get a subscription to Barron's, or you should get a subscription to the Wall Street Journal, or you should pick up the, I, I don't know if they make these anymore, I don't go into bookstores as often as I used to, but like the Idiot's Guide. If you need an Idiot's Guide to invest, do it. There's a website that's okay, but also has a lot of crap on it called Investopedia, um, where you can start learning some of these terms if you don't know them. Consumer staples in 2015 really shrugged off the trouble of the markets in the high-yield bond index. Um, the Consumer Staples Select Spider ETF is ticker symbol XLP, and it's handily outperformed. Um, so that's worthy of noting. Up 2.5% in a market that's down 3.25% for the year. And if down markets got you blue, there's something wrong with you. If you're in retirement, yeah, down market stinks, especially if you were making a big bet to, to save your, your, your hiney. But for me, a down year is like, whew, I didn't get a lot of growth this year, but that's okay. I put more money into the market that I feel good about. I don't suddenly disconnect from the world and like go, I'm really sad. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Victoria's Secret, the parent topped peers in November. Um, retail's been really tricky. And there's something called same-store sales, and you look for these. Um, and when same-store sales get so negative, you tend to find that companies just give up and throw in the towel on growth initiatives. But same-store sales, L Brands, ticker symbol LB, did pretty good. Gap, eh, in line with expectations, negative 8%. That's not good. So when you see L Brands, same store sales, SSS, up 7%, you could start saying, okay, which one of these is growthier and which one of these is in trouble? Because the market doesn't have a lot of revenue growth, the market is rewarding companies with revenue growth. It's tough to find, but yeah, Google's got revenue growth, and yeah, Apple's got revenue growth for now. The question is, and Facebook has great revenue growth, Wall Street's rewarded these companies on a lot of levels. That's what you're looking for right now, revenue growth. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more.
listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black. One of the top mutual funds in the last five and ten years is a great resource and a great source of ideas. As an investor, you can listen to this show and pick up a, a tidbit here or there. I wouldn't listen to a lot of shows. I'd find one that works for you and stop thinking that people have these guru-like Yoda messages for you. It's one of the bigger mistakes you can make. I've met a lot of people in both radio and television. Uh, I, I can give you an example. Melissa Francis, she's on Bloomberg. No, she, um, she's on Fox Business. Love her as a person. She used to be a tech reporter at CNET. And then suddenly she's an oil reporter and an analyst at Fox. And I'm like, no, you're not. Um, Cheryl Cassoni, she used to work with me in television. Uh, before she did, got into television, she was a stewardess on Southwest. And then she got into television, and now she's at Fox, and she's a market reporter. And she's given insights into what she expects for this year. And that's not appropriate. She doesn't have a certified financial analyst degree or anything close to it. Um, the whole area is kind of littered with that kind of non-excellent, how shall we say, credentials. Um, a lot of authors today, they're 20-year-old kids. So you could go to a business site and read a, 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 you know, a business story like Apple's got the next best thing and it's going to stocks to go up to a million. And you see the kids like 22 years old, and you're like, was he even alive when Steve Jobs was alive? Was he even born? Well, no, 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 he was in sixth grade, kind of thing. That's scary. So you have to, you know, really get the perspective. Mutual funds can give you good perspective. And there's a lot of literature on mutual funds out there that they provide to websites. There, you know, if you go to, if you want to follow Fidelity IT Services Fund, it's the number one tech portfolio since the dot-com crash. It hasn't really owned the fangs, um, so it hasn't overexposed itself to risk, or with great returns come great risk. Um, Amazon, Alphabet, Facebook, and Apple. Um, aren't necessarily the way they've done their home runs. So every quarter, a mutual fund discloses its positions. There's an annual report that you can get. You can get the letter from the uh, mutual fund manager. And they're pretty detailed about their thoughts. And it's, it's I'm not going to say scholarly. It's a little less than informal, a little bit more than uh, passive. So Silicon Valley's flashiest players are, you know, ubiquitous in daily life as they are in, you know, portfolios in, you know, tech-themed mutual and exchange-traded funds. So we use Amazon every day, and we use Google Search and Facebook and probably all use it on all for our, our Apple phone. They kind of all intertwine with each other, right? It's not surprising that Morningstar has done research and found that, you know, most mutual funds, you know, suck these guys away, and they big positions. The Fidelity Select IT Services portfolio targets tech services, the glue that holds the sector together. The behind-the-scenes industries include payments and data analytics and consulting and outsourcing. So the common thread is that niche tech services, uh, the companies, they cater to other businesses rather than consumers. So it's more of a business-business kind of relationship. 
So if you want to get into understanding of how to pick stocks and how to play correctly, pick up some of the best mutual funds. You know, maybe you invest $500 in the best, and they'll, they'll mail you this stuff, and you don't even have to go get it yourself. It'll be in your mailbox. Um, and then read it, and then try to say, okay, why did why do we think this happened? And uh, the manager's bio right now, who runs Fidelity Investments, uh, the tech fund, is a guy named Kyle Weaver. He's 39 years old. Wow, he's young. That's what I say to that. Uh, the fund is highly concentrated. Uh, Visa and MasterCard account for about 25% of the fund's holdings. So in his tech exposure, which your tech exposure should be anywhere between 10 and 20%. If you're feeling crazy, 25%. If you're feeling conservative, 10%. Um, but you've heard me talk about Visa and MasterCard, and I like them. Uh, MasterCard is more of an international play, which if you think international markets are slowing, you probably want less exposure to. Visa is more of a domestic and international play. It will have exposure to international. Uh, I think Visa is one of the greatest companies uh, in America. It's been around since you were a little kid. It'll be around when your little kids have little kids. Now, are there some disruptive technologies out there that could take them down a peg? Absolutely. So you're looking for niche. And you're looking for, you know, idiosyncratic group of stocks that you can put together. Um, you're sometimes, the best way to look for a tech company is you're looking for unsexy or unglamorous. Do you think Visa and MasterCard are glamorous tech companies? Uh-uh. So I think both of them are incredibly strong companies in the middle of a multi-decade secular trend. At this point, it would be nearly impossible to derail the transition from cash and checks to electronic payments, and the market's mainly a, a duopoly at this point. I don't, I'm not a big fan of cash. I think it's filthy dirty. I don't know if it is or it's not, but I've been told that, so I believe it. Um, <clears throat> one of my greatest days ever. I'm a bit of an introvert. I wear headphones even if I'm not listening to music sometimes, just so people won't talk to me. Uh, one of the greatest days of my life was when gas stations made a switch from, you know, cash where you had to go in and, and pay to the pain at the pump. Loved that day because I suddenly didn't have to go stand in line with other sweaty, smelly Americans. How many times do you wash your hair a week? Um, I'm starting to learn that, you know, the richer, thicker, fuller hair, it's, it's like two. So, I don't know, just off topic. Um, I'm positive on both Visa and MasterCard. That, that's rare for me because oftentimes you'll you'll hear me say things like, uh, Apple or Samsung. And I'm like, why would you date the ugly sister when you can have the hot sister? Um, Visa and MasterCard are maybe, they're like the double mint twins. Like, they're both good looking. Um, Visa's got a 50 to 60% operating margin. And I can close my, I, you can block out the name of the company and show me their balance sheets, show me their, their financial statements. You can show me, you know, last five years of, of cash flows. And when I see that 50 to 60% operating margin on their financials, um, with strong top-line growth, top-line revenue, and a return on invested capital, its balance sheet's strong, I'm going to drool. And then I'm going to say, what's the name of that company? I want it. 
Now, there's always going to be times where there's going to be a weird hiccup, like when Visa's decided to spin off Visa Europe before they came public. And then there's like, well, now we're going to pick back Visa Europe. Um, Visa would have higher earnings a few years from now, whether it had Visa Europe or not, but it's moved that underscores how strong their business is. They're locking in places like India, Europe, Germany. Um, and I think that's smart. So more electronic penetration. I know you're saying, did you just say a dirty word? No. There's a company out there called Cognizant Technologies that, from taking a look at Fidelity's uh, holdings, uh, you go, okay, who's that? And you start doing some homework on it. It's a traditional people-based IT consulting and services firm with most of their employees in India. They have access to a labor pool that is well-trained at lower variable costs. You know, who wants to be a... uh, Slumdog Millionaire? That's what it was called. It's not who wants to be a Slumdog Millionaire. Slumdog Millionaire. We saw that. We saw the call centers, and we, we saw, like, the rise from extreme poverty to low income to middle income. Um, that's still a very much so a true story in India. Very educated. Um, many years ago, I was asked the question, which would I rather own? And you put a gun to my head, India or China? And I was like, India. Uh, India, in my opinion, has a real political system. India's got, in my opinion, has a great college system and education system. Um, is it as great as the United States? No, but I think it's way better than China's. Um, so that's worthy of note. So Cognizant's out there. Um, other companies in that space, uh, Accenture, uh, EPAM Systems is another. Cognizant is demonstrating strong operating margins of 18% for about 15 years. And throughout that period, they've basically never had a year of negative revenue growth. So it's an example of resilience, something that you really should be attracted to when thinking about investing in companies. There's a company called Saber, S-A-B-R. They're an old tech company that's been around forever. And all they do is monitor fares and schedule of airlines. Um, at one point in time, they were public, then they went private, and then they come public again. So sometimes you have to be indifferent to the press and really dig in deep to look for value. Um, and sometimes it's not sexy. Um, PayPal is a core payment processing space. Um, of course, there's risks for new technologies like Apple Pay. There's always going to be external risks, so you have to know that since so much online activity is going through mobile. PayPal is going to end up as the e-wallet of choice. Maybe, maybe not. It has got a ton of potential, and it's entrenched in the payments ecosystem. So maybe you like PayPal and Apple Pay and Visa and MasterCard. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. And your money on AM twelve twenty KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. 
thanks for listening to this show. I do appreciate it. I know that you have a choice. And I know that it's not always the fun one to talk about money and financial issues. So I try to bring in other angles like my family and people that I know and what they're saving and not saving. And ultimately, my show is really dedicated to getting you to retirement, but also putting the blame on you if you don't get there. Um, you know, when drought's a story, I'll try to come up with water investments for you. When terrorism is a story, I'll try to tell you a little bit about terrorism investments and are they good ideas or bad ideas. If uh, I can do it, I'll try. Star Wars, it's in the news, right? It's pretty well in the news. Yes, yes. There's been a lot of stories recently about the movie and how well it's doing. But I took an angle on it on how much are the people getting paid. And it's a little bit shocking. And I'm not going to give any spoilers here. Chewbacca does not, is not the highest paid. I'm a little bit shocked by that because I think Chewbacca is the most beloved. Uh, I certainly hope so, at least. Um, if you take a look at the salaries, obviously Harrison Ford comes in somewhere between ten and twenty million dollars. Um, but then it starts getting kind of, you know, what Luke gets and Princess Leia, and I hope those aren't spoilers. Uh, about a million, million to two million, low, low numbers because they've got histories and they've got credentials. The two new stars. Uh, of the movie, they're getting about one hundred to three hundred thousand because they've really never been in movies. So this will give them a chance to, how shall we say, start their careers, and that's an investment lesson that you should pass on to your children. Uh, that's an investment lesson that you should always be pushing for. Um, teaching people. The most important thing that you have at age 20 is your youth. Um, Never, ever forget that. Harrison Ford, he's old. That's why he gets the 10 to 20 million. Um, Adam Driver and Oscar Isaac, who've been in movies before and television shows, they got mid to high six figures. But like I said, the newcomers, they got the, the low pay scale, and that's totally good and normal. Their resume is going to grow, and hopefully when they're 60-plus, like Harrison Ford, hopefully they'll be able to pull in that 10 to $20 million payday, if not sooner. Um, the best thing you have in your 20s is your youth. Uh, they needed new blood, so they went out and hired John Boyega and Daisy Ridley. Uh, I don't know how old they are or young they are. I'm guessing 23. Um, so when you're 23, you've got to start thinking in your head, what do I do to get, become 24, 25? What can I do to further my career? And again, I don't want it to be all about furthering your career, but I, the biggest regret that I have is I didn't network better. I think if I networked better, I probably, I had one really good chance. I had a national radio show. That was awesome. I was in about 60 to 80 markets. Awesome. I did it. Check. I had a shot at a national television show, and ultimately they came down to the feedback they gave me is that they wanted me to yell. I said, I'm not going to yell. They wanted me to yell, like, you, how dare you have $400 shoes and no money saved? You're going to die old and lonely with no money. And it, that's just not me. Um, that's what TV is right now. It's, it's a lot of yelling. 
and it's a lot of scripted drama. And I'm not scripted. Um, I like to go off script. I, I do like to see and wonder why people spend $20,000 on a diamond ring. It's not a good idea if you haven't saved money for retirement. Um, but people do it because they think they have to. I'm fascinated tonight, the Golden State Warriors play. And I was up last night about 3 a.m. I was watching a little sports center, and they did a, a special on, uh, a little segment on the diversity of Warriors fans. Those tickets ain't cheap. You know, I went to an AHL hockey game. It's SJ Barracuda. Uh, San Jose Barracuda. And that's affordable. And that's great entertainment. And the entertainment at a Golden State Warriors game is so much better than the entertainment at an NFL football game. NFL football games, I don't get. Going live to the stadium, it's, you, you don't see much. There's not good entertainment in between the plays. If you're close enough to see the cheerleaders, you probably had to mortgage your home in order to get there. At an NBA game... They bring out cheerleaders in bikinis on unicycles who are juggling, you know, dogs who are lit on fire. And you're like, whoa, I've never seen that before. Like, you don't see the whole experience of an NBA game on TV. So I get it. Anyway, um, my goal is to try to get you to retirement. And sometimes I'm going to be doing segments like that. Like, I don't even know if that made any sense. It probably didn't. Where I was talking about networking. Oh, I was trying to eventually get to the point of um, I probably would have had a network television job if I was able to network better in my 20s and 30s, and I just didn't want to do it. I was on Bloomberg 10, 15 times. I was on CNBC 15 to 20 times. Um, I've been there. I've done that, and I didn't network when I was there, and I didn't save the producer's name. I didn't send a thank you card. I should have uh, because when that person goes to ABC, CBS, CBS, they know that I'm reliable, and they don't want their new bosses to hate them. They would have called on me. So that's the big regret that I have, if I have one big regret. Um, CBS is going to be launching, back to Star Wars, um, Star Trek next year in January 2017. And CBS stock has recently gone from 60 to 40. I think CBS is going to stay in business, even though Netflix takes up like 37% of the bandwidth at primetime. And that's telling you that Netflix is killing it. Um, CBS is no Disney. But I'm always looking for value. I'm always looking for opportunity. And I think that's one you should look into. Because 60 to 40 is a big move in a company that has the number one TV show, that has the NFL, that has you know low-end cable channels, high-end cable channels, that has uh, an app, that has some distribution. Is Star Trek enough for me to jump on it? No. But you see where I'm thinking. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening. Make sure you have good holidays. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision.